So yeah, the classic symptom was they'll come and say, you know, it feels like I have a UTI that just never went away. And I'm really frustrated because, you know, I went to the doctor, they're telling me my urine analysis and culture's negative. I made them give me antibiotics anyway, um, but you know, it's still persisting and what is going on. If you look at the whole bladder pain syndrome IC complex, classic treatments in the past were really end organ treatments. So treatments towards the bladder only. But what we do in addition, which is often needed, is we're really treating the secondary kind of nerve and muscle dysfunction that often comes with this complex syndrome. Welcome to Fit as a Fiddle. My name is Dr. Sneha Ghazi, and I'm a physical therapist and business owner in New York City. Each episode, we bring you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness industry who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to today's episode on Fit as a Fiddle. We have the wonderful Dr. Allison Shrikande joining us today. She is a board-certified physical medicine and rehabilitation specialist, and she is the chief medical officer of Pelvic Rehabilitation Medicine, which has several branches, one of which is in New York City and how I first met uh, Dr. Shrikande almost now three years ago. So welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Sina. Thanks for having me. This is fantastic. All that you're doing. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Um, so uh, Allison actually just recently joined us on the five-part digital series, A Girl's Gotta Know, on the Dyspareunia episode. So she was able to um, talk to us um, and divulge some wonderful information that is a must-know if people are experiencing pain with intimacy or intercourse or anything like that. Um, so I'll, I'll link that into the show notes here so people can go directly onto that episode and, and listen in on that topic. But today we're going to be focusing on something a little bit different because there are so many things that pelvic rehabilitation specialists treat in the pelvic floor world and around the pelvic floor area. So today's focus is going to be on interstitial cystitis. So we're going to break that down for you guys. Um, and Allison's really going to go into depth about what that means for people and some great tools that people need to take away from uh, understanding the plan of care. So let's get started first with learning about you. So tell us what brought you into working with the pelvic floor. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. Um, really, I was a final year resident and uh, I had my, uh, was pregnant with my first child, my daughter. And I had a lot of SI joints, sacroiliac joint issues um, during my uh, even first trimester throughout the pregnancy. And then long, uh, long delivery with forceps, episiotomy, and um, just postpartum, a lot of pelvic floor dysfunction, pelvic pain, pain with intercourse, um, bladder urgency, frequency, bowel, constipation, you name it, the whole sling really. And I just, you know, I uh, went to my follow-up. Uh, six-week follow-up postpartum after a vaginal, everything was clear, sent on my way. Um, I knew, you know, something was still not right, kept letting it heal, went back again um, a month or two later, ultrasound, everything normal, offered some Percocet, and again, sent on my way. And then that's when 
I found this amazing pelvic floor physical therapist who just opened me up to this such a cool world. And um, I just fell in love. So that's how it all started. I was a patient. Oh, wow. Well, I know that a lot of people, even PTs, um, their story is how I got into physical therapy because I broke my ankle and then I went to go see about a physical therapist and then it made me interested in the field. So um, I think that gives people uh, as practitioners a unique perspective into what their patients feel. Um, I think that it helps us understand and have a lot of empathy for pain or dysfunction of that kind so that we can connect with that more and really know what that feels like. So I think even though for me too, I had, I had, I have a spondylolisthesis. So I've gone through severe back pain, um, in my teenage years and my early twenties. And I, I just know that having gone through that experience it sucked, but it, I feel like it made me a better PT to be able to understand that. So I'm sure you have a similar hundred percent. Yes. No, when people are, you know, they're telling me their symptoms and it's almost like they, they think that I'm going to think they're like, they're crazy. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. I totally get it. I really get it. <laughs> you can keep going. It's, this is pretty much what we do all day, every day. And you know, I've, I've had these, so yes, that I think it's been, you know, a journey, but I think it's really helped me connect uh, with our patient population for sure. Absolutely. All right. So let's dive right into interstitial cystitis. So I see it's, uh, I don't think it's known too much in the general public very well. Um, I think people hear more things like UTIs and yeast infections and those kinds of sort of bladder related problems, but, um, interstitial cystitis is probably not something that people hear about often. So I'd love for you to kind of give us a brief overview on what that is and what the symptoms are. Yeah, definitely. So Interstitial cystitis, what it is, it's a chronic pain condition, um, and it presents with bladder pain, pelvic pain, and uh, certain urinary symptoms. So classic urinary symptoms are urinary urgency, where you have to pee often, you're, uh, and frequency. So you pee, the urgency, you pee often, and you can't hold it. And then frequency, you're going, you know, multiple times every couple hours. And then also sometimes it presents with burning with urination. So that sensation, uh, similar to what you feel with the UTI where you're urinating and you feel this burning sensation. Um, so that that's what it is. And, you know, uh, the, the nomenclature really is still being developed, um, because it's interstitial cystitis or bladder pain syndrome. Sometimes we call it bladder pain syndrome and classically to have a diagnosis of IC you, or you would have to have a camera called a cystoscopy put in your bladder. And they're looking for certain hunters, uh, lesions or ulcers within the bladder um, that are kind of red and, and, and inflamed bladder. And then you can get an IC diagnosis. But sometimes you have all these symptoms, right? We, they do, and if they do the camera, quite often it's actually normal, um, but you still have the symptoms. So then we start calling it bladder pain syndrome. So that's kind of the crossover between IC and bladder pain syndrome. Um, so that's, that's the difference. Okay. And then when you see patients and when they're coming to you, typically, I know you mentioned there's like this urgency and this frequency, but what does that typical patient present to you as, and I, and kind of like from a full perspective, maybe there are other kind of circumventing factors that might contribute to some of the IC as well. Yeah, no, great, great point. So, so yeah, the classic symptom was they'll come and say, you know, it feels like I have a UTI that just never went away. 
And I'm really frustrated because, you know, I went to the doctor, they're telling me my urine analysis and culture is negative. I made them give me antibiotics anyway. Um, but you know, it's still persisting and what is going on. So that's really the classic patient, right? It feels like that UTI irritated, um, but never goes away. So, so really, um, what, what we are treating. So if you look at the whole bladder pain syndrome, I see complex, um, there's kind of, it's, it's, there's multiple things going on and the underlying etiology is still being really discovered, but the classic treatments, um, first you want to rule out any sort of active infection, right? Um, and, and then the classic treatments in the past were really end organ treatments. So treatments towards the bladder only, right? So um, we call them bladder installations where, um, where they put a combination of medications, usually lidocaine and some steroid um, to calm down the bladder itself via a catheter or medications directed at the bladder. So, which is, which is good. But what we do in addition, which is often needed, is we're really treating the secondary kind of nerve and muscle dysfunction that often comes with this complex syndrome. So for two reasons, one, you know, your pelvic floor, it's a sling of muscles, right? It goes from the front, um, the pubic symphysis in the front of your pelvis, all the way to the coccyx in the back. So it's this big hammock or sling of muscles. And one of the things that sits right on this sling is the bladder. So you can imagine if your muscles are in spasm, that bladder neck is constantly irritated and it's very challenging to have to urinate well um, because you're just sitting, your bladder is sitting on the spastic muscle. So it makes you pee a lot. And even when you do urinate quite often, you don't, you don't, um, uh, you have to go again in about, you know, sometimes even 30 seconds to a minute because you're not fully releasing because the muscles are just not relaxing enough, right. To let that urine out. So that's one thing we're treating. So that muscle spasm that's irritating the bladder. The other thing that we treat a PRM that also comes with this complex is the upregulation of the nervous system, both kind of the central and, and the peripheral nerves. So if those are hypersensitive, which they almost always are with bladder pain syndrome and IC patients, um, then you, they're just firing too much. And then your bladder is also super hyper. Um, and then you urinate when you really don't have to, because it's all just, we call it upregulated and hyper, hyper uh, excited. So we are calming down those nerves to the bladder, which is important in this complex. In addition to that, we're helping with pelvic floor PT um, uh, to really release that spasm uh, of the, the musculature. So the bladder neck not only can sit on a, a muscle that's not so spastic, but also once, once patients get to a certain point, it's that function, that neuromuscular re-education. So they relax and open up when they should and then contract when they need to. So it's getting that neuromuscular re-education and function going. Um, so that's kind of our, our unique protocols that we work with pelvic floor PT to do that. Yeah. And I think one of the important things that you just noted here is there are two, it's not just the end organ, right? So it's not just the bladder or what we call the detrusor muscle. It is a muscle as well, but it's very different kind of muscle than um, some of the pelvic floor muscles that keep somebody continent or control somebody's, you know, stream of urination or the fact that they actually urinate in the first place. And I think the important part here is treating that whole system um, as a whole, really, and seeing that the bladder is a part of the problem, the nerves that go to the bladder are a part, could be a part of the problem. 
And then the pelvic floor muscles could be a part of the problem. And then the nerves that go to the pelvic floor muscles could also be a part of the problem. And then the connection of how you can contract and relax both the bladder and the pelvic floor and that kind of ability to coordinate that, which PTs and pelvic rehabilitation specialists call neuromuscular education or re-education is part of everything too. So it's not just you get this medication that's going to treat the bladder and everything is going to go away. And I think that's where we're, a lot of patients get stuck. I think they get stuck at the point of, you know, yes. oh, I've taken the antibiotics. It's not a UTI anymore. And, you know, it's not a bacterial infection. And then maybe they go on another course of, um, you know, medications that are anti-inflammatory in nature that are trying to calm down, um, you know, any kind of inflammation in the pelvis, but then we're not necessarily addressing all of the other components of it. And that's when the chronic pain starts. And then you and I both know when chronic pain starts, that's when it becomes a problem, right? So maybe could you speak to that and how you, how you work with patients to educate them on that? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yes, the challenging aspect really is sometimes problems such as this, particularly in the pelvis, you know, we call it multimodal, but it's really just throwing the kitchen sink at it and doing multiple things at once is often the key to success. So, you know, doing your pelvic floor physical therapy, right, with your home exercises, um, doing any breathing anxiety management that really can help kind of de-stress us um, with what we, with with PRM, what we do is treat the muscles and the nerves as well with our um, outpatient uh, injection protocol. And then nutrition, those are kind of the four arms that we use. Um, of course, we work closely with uh, urologists too, but um, quite often by the time that patients get to us, they've, they've already uh, been seen by the urologist. Uh, if not, then we, we loop them in as well. Um, but that would be what we, what we really focus on. And then for nutrition, for this particular uh, patient, you'd really focus on, you know, the, you know, the bladder diet and anti-inflammatory diet classically, and then lots of water, right? Lots of fluid intake. Um, so that is really that holistic approach of doing it all at once um, for a couple months really tends to, to, to work much better and just downregulate everything and um, decrease really the inflammation around the nerves and then the muscle uh, dysfunction, as well as um, really calm down the bladder itself when you're, when you're using the bladder diet and any bladder medications that the urologist prescribed. Yeah. Where do you think that fascia plays a role in all of this in your experience? In oh, wow. Yeah. With IC, I think, I mean, well, with pelvic pain in general, I think fascia plays an enormous role. Um, multiple, uh, multiple things. One, um, really, you want to make sure the bladder is well supported, uh, not just by the musculature, but by the connective tissue and the fascia, right? It's not constantly putting pressure down. Um, but in on the other end, you also want to uh, release any fascial restrictions around the bladder. So the bladder does have a nice mobility. Um, Cause you'll see that if patients either have a history of any pelvic uh, surgeries or adhesions or endometriosis, sometimes their bladder, you know, it's just not in and of itself, the detrusor muscle is not getting that blood flow because of all those fascial restrictions um, that are inhibiting blood flow just to the bladder. So you definitely need the, the fascial work super pubically with pelvic floor PT, and then also intravaginally. It works wonders um, uh, to, for, for both support and release. A lot of times patients need both, right? You need to get better support and you also need to release. Um, in addition, fascia for the infl inflammation around the nerves is 
nine times out of 10, the reason why the nerves are inflamed, they're just there again, it's just not getting that blood flow. And then they just, they get inflamed. Essentially, there's a change in the pH and they just, they start to fire when they shouldn't. So a lot of what we're trying to do is relieve the fascial restrictions, um, around where, you know, around the nerves particularly, um, so that they can function better. They can just breathe. They have blood flow and they can breathe and not, not go fire inappropriately to the pelvic floor and to the bladder. Yeah. And I, and I guess, uh, with people who've had a C-section, all of those factors, like you said, an Mm -hmm. appendectomy, all of those things, change the structure of how your skin is pulling from one side of your body to the other or up or down or side to side. Um, so that strain, if there's any adhesions, um, is what could cause any kind of problems. And somebody might not even know that that could have been the source of their, um, you know, sort of like a chicken and an egg. Like if something is pulling and becoming tight, the other area can start to get weak. And then what came first? Are we were we tight first or were we weak first or were we both? Right. And I think that's what, where, what you just said, which is looking at it from a holistic perspective that you need both support and the mobility and the flexibility of all of those structures and around that pelvis is so key, um, in helping somebody. And I think another big myth out there is the whole, Oh, if you, if you have urgency, you know, or frequency with your urination just to do a million Kegels and that's, that's it. Right. So what do you have to say about that? (laughs) Oh, I know. I just, I I feel so the poor patient and they're trying so hard, you know, and they're like, no, this is what I was told to do because I must have a week. My, my, my bladder's dropped, you know? Um, so they're trying to compensate, but it really, it's the, the worst thing we can do, particularly when you have that acute urgency frequency, UTI burning sensation, that's when you most need what we call down training. That means your nervous, nervous system and muscles are just so revved up. Um, so we actually don't want to do excessive Kegels at that time or any Kegels. You need to do down training. And then when patients are ready, then you can get your strengthening. But if you do it too soon, you're just going to keep irritating the neck of the bladder as well as irritating the nerve. So it's the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. It's revving things up and we need to chill them out. Exactly. And what do you have to say about kind of like being prescribed antibiotics or any kind of um, you know, anything that you would get di- uh, prescribed for, for a yeast infection or UTI or things like that, but then taking them when you don't have the infection, do you think that creates kind of a, an effect on what we're talking about here as well? A hundred percent. I mean, well, it's going to create antibody, uh, antibiotic resistance, right. With patients, right. If they're taking multiple antibiotics in a row, um, and it's also going to affect the GI flora, the gut flora. Um, as well as the, the flora vaginally too. Um, so sometimes when patients come to us um, and they were already have been on multiple rounds of antibiotics, still not better, but the, so then we'll sometimes prescribe a suppository to really balance um, the, the pH vaginal suppository. They're kind of rebalance that flora there um, to, and reset everything. So those are the reasons why you don't want to do it, antibiotic resistance and then GI flora. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, and you know, the antibiotics, some data on some anti-inflammatory effect, maybe why patients do feel better on them, even without an infection temporarily, you know, um, but really there are better ways to get that anti-inflammatory effect. You know, what we're doing is decreasing inflammation at our injection protocol, nutrition, pelvic floor PT. Um, and even if you have to, you know, I'd rather you, I'd prefer, you know, an NSAID than antibiotics. Yeah. And that's really looking at the patient as a whole and 
tackling all of them at once, like you said, throwing the kitchen sink in sometimes is really important because you never know which part of the link we're missing. So if you're just medicated, anybody who's listening to this, who, who may be experiencing any of the symptoms we just mentioned, if all that's happening is medications, then maybe we're not treating the whole thing. Um, and maybe we're just treating the, the symptoms and not really the root cause and kind of putting a bandaid around things where, where the real issue could be muscular or nerve, or it could be a nerve issue, it could be a fascial issue. And that's where the PT, the diet, the injections, suppositories, and things like that can balance out the whole system and get you feeling better holistically. Um, so that was a great point. Is there anything else that you wanted to add for us? On yeah. Well, I just think if you are having these symptoms and you know what you're, what you've tried is not working, um, I would definitely, you know, seek out pelvic floor PT, physiatry, that neuromuscular approach, uh, because it's fairly common to have this underlying nerve and muscle issue with IC and bladder pain syndrome. Um, so definitely you may have to be your own advocate and, and seek that, seek that out, but, but it really can make a world of difference, um, and help you honestly. Yeah. And for people who are, maybe you're not a patient who is experiencing this, but if you are another provider, another healthcare provider, and you have a patient who may be, uh, you know, kind of on the, on the side presenting with some of these symptoms, um, please let them know that they can seek help. Pelvic rehab medicine is an amazing resource. You guys have so many branches and have um, really grown your practice. And it's, uh, remind me to New York, Florida, Michigan, where else? Um, yep. We're in Chicago. Uh, oh, we're in Atlanta. Right. Uh, we're in Dallas and uh, we're in Houston as well as uh, Washington DC area. And then Long Island and New Jersey, Inglewood, New Jersey. Yeah. So tons of uh, places and you offer telehealth and virtual consultations as well for certain cases. So uh, I think that yes. if people are experiencing any of these symptoms. And also, I mean, this podcast focuses a lot on different kinds of uh, pelvic floor related things as well. And if you watch a girl's got to know where Allison, um, you know, speaks to dyspareunia, there are so many other things that people experience for years and are suffering because they just don't know what to do about their pain. And this is really where you need to start to get help. If you've already exhausted other avenues and, you know, you've seen other healthcare providers for it, um, this is sort of the missing link is really getting treated for the root cause of some of those problems and, and getting your um, pelvic floor and your kind of your whole system. Because you, if when you get your pelvic floor, floor feeling better, you really get the whole body feeling better. That's connected to your spine. It's connected to your hips. It's connected to everything else. And the way that you move, the pelvis is really a central part of your body that helps you walk and stay mobile and active. So I encourage everyone to reach out Um to get help and where is the best place that they can find you guys? Yes. Yeah, so pelvicrehabilitation.com is our, our website. Um, and pelvic rehabilitation medicine is we're also on Instagram and um, Facebook, but the, our website has all our office locations, all our visit fabulous phys uh, physicians. And um, yeah, please uh, email or call us. Amazing. We'd is love to any, hear from you. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners last words? Yeah, no, just be your own uh, self-advocate. Try to get help as uh, soon, as early as possible to not get into the chronic pain cycle, right? You just want to kind of get the help and tackle it early and often because like Skeena had said, it's a very important part of your body. Um, it's hard to function uh, 
if it's not doing well. So, so address it and, um, and, and seek help. Thank you so much for your time and for being with us today to educate us. Thank you, Stina. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone gained a lot of new information out of this episode. Please subscribe and review the show. It means the world. I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.